Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. So thankful for all the volunteers that make this thing work. I, we could not and would not do it without all of the ones that volunteer. I get up early on Sunday mornings. These messages, I mean, the Lord deals with me about the series, about the content, and about the direction pretty early. So I get some notes to our worship and production teams within a, you know, a few weeks away from the actual time that the service happens. But I like to get up early on Sundays and kind of warm the bread up, you know what I mean? Make sure you guys get a good, warm, hot meal when you come on Sunday mornings. And so I get up pretty early. And, uh, and I, when I got here today, there were people here before I got here. And then they're volunteers. They're the ones that get this environment ready. They're getting the worship turned on, the, the temperature just right. They're straightening chairs. They're back in the kids' ministry areas. They're brewing coffee. They're getting things ready for you guys. So can we give it up for all the volunteers at your place, church? Thank you. I know some of them uh, were here. They volunteered last service, and this is their service to, to worship. And so, again, thank you from, from, from my heart to yours. And uh, one thing I like to do every year is I like to throw a party for all of our Dream Team volunteers, everybody that wants to serve, everybody that's a part of that. And people are like, well, I want to come to your party. You can. It's real simple. Serve on the Dream Team, and you're invited to come to the party. Again, this year it's February 23rd, and uh, we are pulling out all of the stops uh, this year. So in 2014, there was this thing that keeps resurfacing every year at our Impact Awards, and it was this one, one guy on staff showed up wearing a dress and sang a song. And so I'm like, you know what? We have got to beat that this year. There's got to be another Impact Awards entertainment portion that blows that one out of the water, and I think we got it this year. Like, this is going to be so much fun. So we're excited about it. I'm not going to let you in on any of the details. I will tell you that, that Fear of missing out is a real thing this year, all right? You're not going to want to miss it, so sign up, be a part of that uh, if you're on the Dream Team. And here we go, last night at sundown, 540, the fast was over. I don't know, has anybody ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean? Some some of you are like, no, I'm too holy, I don't watch that. Okay, I get that, I understand. But there was this one, and I don't remember which one it was, but it had this green burst when the sun would set, right? And there would be this green. I felt that last night at 540. I really did. And what it was was everybody signing back onto social media. All at the same time. It was a sugar like high that hit everybody who, who's been fasting sugar or coffee or meat or whatever it was. Last night at 540, it was like, boom, the fast is over. But we had a, such a great time this year. We really did. I heard some pretty incredible stories. I heard uh, one gentleman, he came up to me, he told me, listen, I heard God say my name during the fast and like had a conversation with him, which was really cool. I know uh, of a couple of people that received specific direction. I know of several that got set free from some bondages in their life. And I know of at least one account of a like full-fledged, full-scale miracle. Like this side, the report was not good. This side, we don't know what to tell you. It's gone. Come on, can we celebrate that? Amen. 
When you stump the doctors, that's a good day. That's a good day. And I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. In the, in the 10 years that we've been doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, I feel like this is by far the best experience we have ever had. So I'm super excited about that. Today we're going we're gonna to open up in John chapter 1. So if you brought a mobile device that has a Bible app, feel free to find that right now. If you brought a, a hard copy of the Bible, John is in the New Testament, it's in the Gospels. Uh, we'll put all the scriptures on the screen for you so you can follow along. And again, as always, they're in the U version, so you can click on live events and find your place church. All of my notes are there. So John chapter 1, verse 35, the Bible says the next day, uh, John was there with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. I kind of feel bad for John right here, you know what I mean? It's like his two buddies, you know, they're following, they're following John around. John's teaching them. They see Jesus, and they're like, peace, we're going to go follow him, which is great because I'm sure that's what John would have wanted. But anyway, here we go. Uh, verse 38, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Verse 39 says, come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying. They spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Skip on down to verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Look at verse 46. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. So here we have two different people with two very profound requests. Both of them said the same thing. Jesus was like, hey, come and see. Come, come see for yourself. Don't, don't just pay attention to the rumors. Don't form your own opinions. Come and be with me all the time. This was and still is the open invite of Jesus to all of us. Come and be with me. Well, I believe the question that we ask this weekend is, well, how does this work now for us? I mean, let's just face it. If I can be a little honest, I'm, we've spent the last 21 days fighting for moments of silence and solitude, and we, fight, we, we fought for, for moments that we could be in the presence of God. And, and if I'm going to be real, I kind of don't want it to be over, right? I mean, sure, go back and eat your sweet delicacy today. Like, I'm sure there are people grubbing on cookies and donuts all day. Fine. Uh, others of you are like cheeseburger and fries, man, cheeseburger and fries. Like you've already got the restaurant you're going to right after this service. You're, you're ready. And I get all of that. But it seems like there have been those of us over the last few years that we've been doing this, that if we're going to be honest, the minute the 21 days of prayer and fasting is over, like we just dive headlong back into indulgence and distraction. And we don't want to. We don't want to lose the ground that we've gained, right? We don't want to lose this relationship or this closeness that we have with our Savior, with our Heavenly Father, right? We don't want to lose the awareness that we have of the Holy Spirit. 
So how do we do it? How do we still kind of remain in God as we kind of get back into the rhythms of 2019? How does this work? We don't live in first century Israel. Jesus doesn't walk among us, at least not in the flesh. Matthew says he sits at the right hand of the Father. So how do we be with Jesus all the time? I mean, we can't stay in silence and solitude the whole month, right? I want to close the series today by looking and answering that one question right there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It has been an incredible, incredible month, Father. It's been a great uh, grouping of messages. Father God, we trust you for what you've spoken to so many. And Lord, today I just pray that I'm led by your spirit. God, that you direct me. Father, I pray that every single person in this room, those who are listening online or or by podcast, Father, that it's almost like everybody else is, is just gone. It's like they disappear, and you are speaking directly to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know... I think it's really easy to be with Jesus uh, in this type of moments, in the stillness. Uh, my family, we love water sports, and so we've, we've had a type of a boat most of our married life. And so we will go out on the lake when the lake is real still, typically Fridays. We have Fridays off around here. And so we'll go out on the lake, and no one's out there Friday at noon yet because everybody gets off work, and then that's when they usually go to the lake. And so we're just out there, and we're just floating. We just shut the motor off. We don't even throw an anchor. We just coast. We just float right there on the water. And you can, in moments like that where it's all still and the, 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 the wind is still, you can sense the presence of God. You really can. But what about in the hubbub and the bustle and the rush and the, and the, the pace of normal life? Is it possible to feel Jesus then? I know for us, a few weeks ago, we, we actually took our family to New York. I think I shared that with you guys. And uh, man, New York is busy. Like there are people and traffic everywhere. You're bumping into, if you have an issue with your personal space, don't go to New York, okay? Because you will have people invade your space. And I can remember going down and like, we're trying to figure out the subway system, right? And Tyra's the one that's doing it. She's like, we need the J train. We need the J train. So we're going down. We're rushing because, you know, it's like J train arrives in one minute. So we're trying to hustle down there. And she's like, be sure we're going uptown, not downtown. We did that once. We did. Got on the wrong subway and went the wrong way. But it's okay because they let you out. And so we got, we got back on the right train and went the other way. But even in that commotion in the fast-paced life of New York, I was able to, once I got on the subway, just to be with Jesus. Does that make sense, friends? I, I was aware of people, and I looked in their eyes, and I could see some of them were just lost. Some of them were just hurting. And in that moment, I prayed, Lord, I don't know what their story is. You know what their story is. I don't know where they're going. You know where they're going. Just be with them. And that's, that's what happens. And we'll see here in Scripture, in John chapter 14, the closer Jesus gets to the cross, the more he begins to talk about how he will send someone to take his place. So he's had this conversation with his disciples. They know something's up. And he says this in verse 15, If you love me, keep my commands. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Jesus uses the word advocate to help you and to be with you forever. He then explains who the advocate is, verse 17, the spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you, Jesus says. Skip on down to verse 25. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, there's that term again, the Holy Spirit, whom the, the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Interestingly enough, the series that we're going into next weekend is called The Advocate. And we're going to be talking about uh, the personal relationship the Holy Spirit has with all of us and uh, his role in our life. And it's going to be an incredible series, and I can't wait for it. But according to Jesus, the way you continue to be with Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. I recently said this at one of our child dedication services a few weeks ago. As parents, if we could teach one practice to our children, I mean, if, we, if they could have one thing that they left with, it is this thought to be in constant state of awareness and connection to the Holy Spirit. Like if we can teach our kids how to listen to the Holy Spirit, we win. I mean, we may miss it in other areas, but if we can teach them how to hear God, we win. This is the baseline for all things Following Jesus. I mean, there's not really a 10-step formula to follow Jesus. I mean, if there were, step number one would be, like, invite him in your life. Step number two would be be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's just the way it would be, right? So Jesus goes on teaching how uh, to make this, this experience a reality in your life. Uh, flip the page over to 15, chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That same word prunes in the Greek means he cleans. So that it will bear even, or so that it, so that it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Then he goes on, remain in me. One translation says, abide in me. It could be, live in me. So remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am, come on, sorry, my screen messed up. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that, has, uh, that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. 
Jesus uses this metaphor of a branch remaining or abiding, if you will, living in the vine. In this one sermon, this little bitty sermon, he uses the Greek word meno, which is to abide, ten times. He's pointing out that if you want to get in the Father's presence, you need to get there and you need to stay there. Now, that obviously doesn't mean you need to go to a monastery and pray all day and spend most of your life in silence and solitude. And all of the introverts in the room are like, dang, you know? It's because that just, that just, there's nothing that sounds like heaven more than you being by yourself. We get that. But how do we get there? How do we do it? How do we learn how to be in two places at once? How do you wake up in the morning and eat your yogurt and granola and be in the presence of God? I know some of you are like, yogurt? Ego my Lego, bro. You know, Lego, ego, Pop-Tart, right? Pop-Tart and a banana, right? So I can, I can take it on the run, right? But how, it's, it's getting up, it's eating whatever and being in the presence of God. It's on your commute to work on the Will Rogers Turnpike to get on 44 to head into downtown Tulsa and in the presence of God. It's doing laundry and in the presence of God. It's over a, a, a cup of coffee, yes, Lord Jesus, and a coworker and in the presence of God. It's being two places at once all day long. And there's all sorts of language and writings in the New Testament and in the teachings of Jesus that capture this way of life. Jesus refers to it as abiding in the vine. Paul calls it praying without ceasing. It's like this 24-7 communion with God. I'm always in conversation. If you have a Catholic background, you may have heard it called contemplation. Or sometimes they even call it advanced prayer. I like that. I'm uh, involved in advanced prayer. You know what I mean? That's what it's called, right? Brother Lawrence, which is the medieval mystic of the 15th century, he's actually a, a Persian monk that found the good news about Jesus. Uh, he, he received Jesus into his life. He then dedicated the rest of his life to what he called practicing the presence of God. He was a dishwasher in a monastery. He's a Catholic monastery. And he would write letters. And these letters, he would send them off to different, different other people, different monasteries, different other monks, right? And after he died, all of his letters were compiled and put into one book. He was recorded in saying this, The time of busyness does not with me differ from the time of prayer. Listen to his words. In the noise and clatter of my kitchen... While several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were upon my knees before the blessed sacraments. 15th century Catholic monk. Like, how much noise and chaos is going on in his world? I'm sure you get 300 hungry monks. It probably could get chaotic. They want their porridge. Is that what they eat? I don't know what they eat. Who knows? But what he's saying is, the point is, 
I possess God right in the noise, right in the chaos and the rush and the activity of life. I possess God in all of that. Don't you ache for that kind of a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Just be that close. But notice he called it practicing the presence of God. Dallas Willard, which is a more modern-day writer, he wrote it this way. He said, the first and most basic thing we can do and must do is keep God before our minds. This is the fundamental secret of caring for our souls. Our part in thus, here is, you know, Brother Lawrence's words, practicing the presence of God is to direct and redirect our minds constantly to him. In the early time of our practicing, we may well be challenged by the burdensome habits of dwelling on things less than God, social media. Uh, But these are habits and not the law of gravity and can be broken. A new grace-filled habit will replace the former ones as we take intentional steps in keeping God before us. Look at this. Soon our minds will return to God as a needle on a compass constantly returns to the north. If God is the great longing of our souls, he will become the pole star of our inward beings. What his point is, living in a constant state of awareness of the Holy Spirit actually takes some practice. In fact, in the noise, in the chaos, in the activity of this modern digital world that we live in, I would bet that it actually takes a little bit more intentionality now than it used to. You got time for one more quote? Is this okay? The writer William Polsell said it this way. It is unlikely that we deepen our relationship with God in a casual, haphazardly manner. In other words, it's gonna, it's probably, if you want to deepen your relationship with God, it's probably going to be just more than 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's going to be a little bit more than maybe, you know, even, even a life group, as is, is, is powerful as they are, it's going to be a little bit more to deepen our relationship with God. He calls it in a casual, haphazardly manner. There will be a need for some intentional commitment and some reorganization in our lives. But there is nothing, listen to him, there is nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper, clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of daily living. No self-help technique will do it. No amount of money will do it. No relationship, whether it's a spouse, a child, a parent, will do it. Nothing will bring you more enrichment in your life than a deeper, clearer perception of God's presence in the routine of our daily living. This is why the practices of Jesus are so important which is why we spent the last 21 days talking about silence and solitude. But that's just one. Bible reading was another practice of Jesus. Prayer, worship, 
These are all practices of Jesus that have shaped who he is and can shape who we are. All of the practices of Jesus are a means to an end. You know that, right? We don't read our Bibles just for the sake of reading our Bibles. We don't get heaven points. You're already a son and daughter of God. You don't need points. You get to go to heaven. So it's not about points. It's not about awards. It's not about any of that. The reason we read our Bible is to be like Jesus and to be with Jesus. And the Bible says, if you want your faith to grow, faith comes by hearing his word. That's why we read the Bible. We don't pray for prayer's sake. We don't go to silence and solitude just to be alone. I'm alone. Check. I'm done. (laughs) No. It's so much more. It is a means to an end. The goal is to be with Jesus, to tune your heart, your mind, and even your body to the frequency of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul takes this same metaphor of a that Jesus used of a tree abiding or remaining in the vine, and he makes it a little bit more applicable in real time for us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Don't just come off the fast and go right back to the way you were. Don't just come off the fast and, and re-log in to those sites that you had logged out of. Don't come off the fast and start abusing some of the alcohol and narcotics that you kind of threw away during the fast. He says, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. That would have been such a smaller Old Testament, Right? He says, the entire Old Testament is summed up in this. Hey, you should love each other. Like, one book, doom, it's done, it's done, right there. Verse 15, if you, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk in the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. He goes on to say, your spirit and your flesh, which is probably more up here, they're in a battle against each other. He says they are in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He goes on to say this, and this gets pretty scary, okay, for just a second. He starts talking about what the acts of the flesh are, and he gets pretty gross. But listen, the acts of the flesh are obvious. It's sexual immorality, it's impurity, it's debauchery, it's idolatry and witchcraft, it's hatred, it's discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, this is a very familiar text, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Verse 24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its pleasures and desires, or passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Why, what, what's the point of all of that? Well, he's using a very famous scripture. We're like, oh yeah, the fruits of the Spirit, I've heard that. I believe you've heard it, and I believe it's probably one of the most misread scriptures in all of the Bible. Because for some reason, a lot of people believe that it's a list of commands to be virtuous. And listen, there is a time and place for that. You know, 1 Peter chapter 1 says, add to your faith patience. Like, right, we get that. But this isn't that place. In this moment, Paul has not given us a list of commands to be like something. Like, you can't be more loving. You can't be more peaceful. We can't grit our teeth and be more loving. I mean, you have the power to fake it. Man, you're so impatient. Be patient. Boom. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work that way. We all have, we can all use willpower, right? And we can, we can try to keep ourselves under control. But the problem with willpower is we all have a finite supply of it. And for most of it, it's gone by 10 a.m., right? So you don't be more loving. You don't be more patient. So how can you act more loving and be more loving? Paul tells us. The fact that there's two scriptures, verse 16 and verse 25, he tells us how all of these things happen. Walk, walk by the Spirit, verse 16. So I say walk by the Spirit, Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Or as Jesus would say, just live in the vine. Just abide in the vine. Fruit is a result of an apple connected to a branch that's connected to the vine or the tree, right? You don't see apples stressed out trying to become an apple. Go to any orchard. You don't see an apple going, red delicious, right? You don't see that. In fact, you see something that's almost effortless as the branch remains in the tree. A fruit forms. The same way as you remain in the presence of Jesus, these fruits just happen. They just become who you are. Love, hope, peace, because we're abiding in the vine. So whether you're on a boat in the middle of a lake enjoying the presence of God or you're in a subway like traveling to New York or you're just in traffic on the way to Tulsa, be there and in the presence of Jesus. How do we do this? Like, what's the answers? Can you put the cookies on the bottom shelf for us, Pastor Darian? Absolutely, I can. 
Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we're going to have an encounter at last Wednesday that we've not done one like this before. The Lord has given me specific direction. If you need to call in, call in. If you need to get someone to work for you, um, we have child care that night. Bring the kids. Put them in child care. Because what we're, and you're going to need to bring something to write on, a piece of paper, a mobile device, something that you can keep, a journal. You're going to need to bring that with you Wednesday night because the Holy Spirit is going to be waiting on you to get here at 7 o'clock Wednesday night. So you're going to want to be a part of this. It's, again, something we've never done before, but we feel like it's going to be life-altering. Amen, everyone. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for an amazing series, God. It has been probably one of the most calming, restful, but yet engaging series that we've done in a really, really long time. And we're thankful for it, Father God. And Lord, if necessary, we need to go back and we need to re-listen to some of these things. Father, they're there. They're available. And we pray that your Holy Spirit is just as, just as much present as we listen through these things, as we look back through our notes again and again and again. How do we continue, Father, to live in you? How do we continue to have this same closeness with you? It's being at two places at the same time, in traffic and in your presence, in a meeting and in your presence. Teach us, show us, and lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you guys got something out of this series. Was it good? Was it a good series? I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'm a words of affirmation person. My love language is when you tell me I do good. And so I, I invite the applause. Hey, guys, did you, did you like that? <laughs> Say it warm and fuzzy. I feel warm and fuzzy on the inside now. Thank you. That's how, how Tyra shows me love. She just tells me how good looking I am, and I'm good. Like, I'll, I'll love you forever, baby, right? I do want to celebrate with you guys. Um, there's a lot of activity happening around here right now. In fact, I shot a video that we're going to post on the, on the Your Place Church app um, about what's going on. This is super exciting. Come on. Super exciting time around here. It really is. If you, if you are familiar on how our children's ministry spaces used to look like, they don't look like that anymore. Like, we tore some stuff up. In fact, with that being said, we need about 15 guys with a pair of gloves and like 15 wheelbarrows to come this Saturday and pick all that up off the ground uh, because it's got to get out of the building so we can sweep it clean so we can build new walls in their place. Amen. So uh, if you want to be here, if you want to be a part of that, next Saturday at 10, we do have a couple of guys showing up with some uh, like those little skid loaders. We're hoping to, we're hoping that that knocks most of it out, but we still could use some, some fellas. And I know ladies are like, fellas, what is this? Like, I can pick up trash. You're welcome to come. We just want to honor the ladies. So if you want to come and be a part, grab a pair of gloves, come on, and uh, we'll put you to work, and it, it's, a, it's a good time. Uh, I don't think I've showed you an update recently, so what we did is we constructed what we call our thermometer. You know, you see the little pledge campaigns or whatever, and it looks like a thermometer. Well, this is what ours looks like. It is the 500 seats in our new auditorium, and every chair represents about $2,400. Once we get them all filled in, phase one is completely paid for. Our hope is by the time they're done with construction, 
to just roll right into phase two. In order for that to happen, we got to fill in some seats. And so in October, this is what it looked like. We didn't really do it in November or December. So since then, this is the new total. Woo! Knocking them out. Inch by inch, it's a cinch, right? Seat by seat. It'll be complete, right? All right, here we go. That's what we're excited about. We really are. So again, guys, thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for trusting us with your finances. Um, I know this is a, it's been quite the adventure for us, and uh, the adventure's not over. I think we can do, uh, we can do even more. I, we have this kind of this thing, and when we fill up one section, we're going to throw a party just during the weekend, just gives a bunch of stuff away. So we got like three chairs till party time. And so we know that this is the plan of God. So we're, we're just building at the pace that you guys want to, meaning very simply, as you guys feel led, give. And then when you give, we're able to do more. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for trusting God. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand up, and then I'm going to release you. Offering buckets are in the back of the room. The offering envelopes are back there. You can give at yourplacechurch.com. Go to the kiosk. There's a giving kiosk there uh, out at the outlet. Also the church app. Father, we love you and we worship you and we're so thankful for what you're doing in the people and in the lives of your place church. So Lord, right now we worship you with our giving. God, this is an expression of who we are and it's an honor and it's a joy for us to bring the tithe and to bring our offering to you, Father God. We love you. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you Wednesday. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.